Amen. Thank you all for being here this morning. We appreciate your attendance here. Uh, We never take that for granted. So thank you for making your way to Ridgecrest this morning. Uh, My name is Joel. I'm one of the pastors here at Ridgecrest. You might have been expecting Matt this morning. Matt is uh, recovering from a Christmas gift that lasts about 10 days or something like that. I don't know exactly. Uh, But uh, he'll be back with us. He misses you this morning and uh, wishes he could be here. Um, uh, But since we found out midweek, I got to toss the ball. So here we go this morning. Um, Maybe you're visiting with us for the first time. It's the first Sunday of a new year, and maybe you're here to test drive church. We pray that you would find a place of comfort, a place of welcome, and that uh, you could find your way back here over and over and over again. We would love for you to be a part of that. And maybe you're checking us out online for the same reason we encourage you. Uh, to continue to do that and join us here in this place, if at all possible. We're starting today a series that we uh, that the church has done regularly over the last several years. We call it our identity series. And um, I, I looked up the word identity because I, I need those things sometimes. So I looked at uh, Webster's. And um, Webster's uh, um, defines identity as who someone is. I mean, think of that. The qualities, the beliefs, etc., that make a particular person or group different from others. The distinguishing character of a personality of a person or a group. So just calling yourself something does not make it true. I mean, honestly, I could stand on this stage this morning and I could say, I'm Brad Pitt. And from all appearances, that could be true. But the truth is, if you dug a little deeper into my life and you looked at my bank account, right, or you looked inside my garage or you checked out my acting talents, you would know in spite of my looks, I'm not Brad Pitt. It's important, guys, that we are who we say we are. And our identity is not just a list of words on a web page. It's not just the words that we say out loud when somebody asks us who we are or what we are. Our identity is who we really are on the inside. The real core of not only who we are as individuals, but who we are as a church. And so our prayer here in this series is that we are reminded and that we are challenged to be who we say we are. So you may not even know, if you haven't ever checked out our core identity uh, characteristics, you should go to the website. There's actually a page that looks like this right here. You can spend some time there reading over it. Uh, I'm just going to uh, focus on one of these today, and we'll be covering the other two in the next couple of weeks. Uh, But our identity, we say, is built up of three characteristics. Those are grow, serve, and go. And you see those things on a lot of our uh, publications, on a lot of our... uh, slides here in the room, you'll see those things being identified. We want to spend the next few weeks making sure that when we say those are things that characterize Ridgecrest Baptist Church, that that's true. That's what we want to be true about us. So on the website, if you look under the word grow, which is where we're going to start today, this is what it says, grow. Spiritual growth is the natural development of a Christian over a lifetime. As those who live in submission to Jesus, we are being made into his likeness. This process has both an internal 
and external application. Internally, God is changing our desires and conforming our hearts to be a reflection of his heart. Externally, God is using our spiritual growth in the lives of those we encounter. At Ridgecrest, we want to be a gathering of people who are both growing in our own faith and working to help those around us grow in their faith. God, through our study of the Bible, is making us to be his disciples. As we learn more about following him, he uses what we have learned to grow those around us, and we turn from being discipled into discipling others. Is that true? Is that true of you? Is that true of our church? I want us to consider and investigate today if that's true. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you that Ridgecrest Baptist Church for a very, very long time has been characterized by faithfulness and growth and service in this community. God, my prayer is today that for these people that sit in this room that join us online, who are a part of this church, who may be members in the future, that we would be challenged to be people who identify as those who grow and serve and go. God, may it not just be words. May it not be us taking on a character of someone, but instead may it be truth and reality of who we are because you're working in us because of what you've done through your son, Jesus Christ. God, my prayer right now is that your Holy Spirit moves across this place and that we hear from you, that we hear from your word, and we're challenged and we're changed because of it. God, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. I brought a couple of photos this morning. I don't know if anybody will be able to identify this person. Um, but I wanted to just pop it up there on the screen and I uh, wanted you to take a look there. This is somebody. Anybody know who this might be? Let's take a look at the next one. There. Look at that. Right, and one more. This could be my grandson, Owen, by the way. Next one. And that could be my grandson, Judah, if we were taking pictures again. And then this one. This is my favorite one right here. Hey, look at that. I stopped the pictures right here because after this point, my hair did some really bad things. <laughs> and these teeth right here got way too big for my mouth. And then the very next picture, let's keep it right there on that one. Um, I, I brought you these pictures this morning, uh, number one, because I thought they were hilarious. Number two, uh, I wanted us to realize something. Like, babies are cute, even me as a baby, you know, like I was kind of cute. Uh, babies are cute, and kids... I mean, kids are full of energy, and they're full of wonder, and then we, we grow a little bit more when we become teenagers, and guess what? We know everything. <laughs> I'm kidding, kids. I'm kidding. But, but folks, if we ever get to a point where we stop growing, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Here's what's crazy. If that little bowl haircutted mini football white shoe wearing kid was standing up here this morning preaching, it would be really awkward in here. It'd be really awkward. That little red vest doesn't fit anymore. <laughs> I don't think. I hadn't tried it. It'd be really awkward though if I had stopped growing 
at this point in my life, something would have been wrong. Malnutrition, sickness, abuse, those are things that stop physical growth. And we know when we see physical growth stop in people's lives, something is wrong. This also applies to us in our spiritual growth, though. How many of us have been cute little baby Christians? How many of us have had energy and wonder in our spiritual lives? How many of us got to a point where our hair was just right, and then we stopped growing? Something's wrong. It's not the way we were designed to be. We need to be continually growing and moving in our faith, continually maturing. It doesn't matter if you're the newest Christian or the oldest saint in this room, there is still room to grow, still room to grow. And today I want to challenge you that 2022 is a year of growth in your life. And you may ask me, Joel, where do I start? Where do I start to grow? Well, here's the simple answer. You start right where you are. Right where you are, and that may be way different for a lot of us in this room. It may be way different spot, because there are people in this room who are struggling, who are in pain, who have doubts. There are other people who are living in a place of assurance, knowing that God has got them, knowing that Everything is going to be okay. And there are other people in this room who are living a life of complacency right now. I don't know where you fit in that spectrum. I don't know where you are, but that's where you start to grow. So I want us to look at a couple of passages of Scripture today. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 21st, and then we'll flip over to 1 Peter. If you don't have a Bible, there's one in the pew there in front of you. And we encourage you to take that. If you don't own a Bible, that one is yours now. So take it home with you and uh, spend some time in it. We do encourage you to join us in our Bible reading plan. There's also hard copies of that Bible reading plan just outside this door and on the nursery uh, thing down there if anybody's interested in that. But if you have never uh, had any experience with the Bible there, you can look. There's a table of contents. It'll help you go right to Matthew chapter 28. And we're going to be in verses 16 through 20. And then, like I say, we'll flip over to 1 Peter. So let's read Matthew 28, 16 through 20. It says this, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I want us to focus for just a moment in verses 16 and 17, because I want you to see here these men, 11 men who had walked daily with Jesus for the last three years. In the, from the beginning of his ministry to the very moment of his crucifixion, they had seen and witnessed the things that he had done. Let's see how it describes them in this verse. It says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had directed them, and when they saw him, listen to what it says. 
It says they worshipped him, but some doubted. The 11 men closest to Christ who had witnessed the most of his work and what he had done and what he had said to them and what he had taught to them, it says they worshipped him, but some doubted. If you're in this place this morning and you have doubts, you have struggles, you have fears, you're not alone. You may look around and you may say, everybody else here has got this figured out. Everybody else is living a life full of trust and faith and, and they believe and understand and trust everything. It's not true. You're not alone. Why did they doubt? Why did these 11 disciples that have witnessed all these things, why did they doubt? My question to you is, how could they not? Their whole world had been destroyed in front of them. Everything that they had based their lives upon over the last three years had been snatched away, and now they're looking at this man and they're saying, could this really be him? Could this really be true? Is he really alive? What does this mean for my future? How does this all work together? Have you ever had those types of feelings in your life? Those types of questions? You're not alone. But here's what I want you to see. These 11 men went from this place of worship and doubt. They went from doubt, they moved to worship, and ultimately they became world changers. So how did they move? How did they grow? They impacted the world for Jesus Christ in ways that nobody can imagine. But at this point, they doubted. So today, if this day finds you in a place of doubt or struggle or fear or pain, I want us to take just a moment to look at some ways that these men moved from doubt to worship to being world changers. Let's see it right there in verse 16 and 17. It says this, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee. The first thing that I want you to see in this verse is that the eleven were together. They were together. In the midst of their doubt, in the midst of their fear, they were together. And folks, if we want to move from a place of doubt and fear and struggle to a place of victory and worship and changing the world, we have to stay together. We need you. You may not feel like it right now, but this church needs you, and you need us. When some worshiped, some doubted. When some doubted, others worshiped, and they were together. They brought strength to one another. They brought courage to one another. They walked through this time together, and that's what we're called to do. You want to grow this year from a place of doubt and struggle and fear? Stay connected. I know it seems easier to step away. I know it seems easier to isolate yourself. I know it seems easier when you have questions and nobody else seems to have those same questions. I know it seems easier to step away. Don't step away. Your first step of growth in 2022 is to stay connected to other believers who will support you when you can't support yourself. The second thing I want you to see here is it says that they went to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. So not only did they stay together, but they also stayed faithful. 
even though they didn't understand, even though they had doubts in their life, even though they uh, couldn't put it all together as to what was going on in this situation, they did exactly what Jesus had directed them to do. They continued to move in faithfulness. So even when we feel weak or we feel like we're spinning our wheels, if we want to grow, we need to stay faithful. Listen, folks, when your prayer seems unanswered, keep praying. When you read the word and it seems like you're getting nothing, gotta keep reading. We gotta keep studying. We gotta keep serving. When it feels like you're unappreciated or nobody cares, you push in and you work harder. You stay faithful. C.S. Lewis in the screw tape letters said this Satan's cause is never in more danger than when a human looks around upon a universe from which every trace of God seems to have vanished and ask why he has been forsaken and yet still obeys. Folks, I know it's not easy. I know it's hard to stay faithful when you don't feel the presence of God in your life or when you're in the midst of a struggle or doubt. I know it's hard to stay faithful. But if we want to grow from a place of doubt to a place of changing the world, we stay faithful. Thirdly, I want you to see this. It says when they came there, they worshiped him, but some doubted. It doesn't say that those who doubted didn't worship. It just said they worshiped him, but some of them doubted. So even in the midst of our doubt and our struggle, even in the worst of times, we need to worship. I know there are times when some of us step into this room, and maybe I'm only talking to one person in here. If that's it, then I'm sorry for the rest of you. I know there's times when you step in this room and the songs and prayers that we are part of in here, they stick in your throat. And you're not sure what to do. Listen to me, our God is big enough and strong enough to understand your pain and your struggle. Just keep worshiping him. Just stay focused on who he is. Just continue to remind yourself of what he's done and how much he deserves our worship. And folks, I promise, if you stay connected and you stay faithful and you continue to worship, there's going to be growth from your doubt and your fear and your pain. He is faithful to us when we are faithful to him. Maybe that doesn't describe you, but I wanted to talk to those folks who are here today about that. Maybe instead you come to today and you say, Joel, I'm living in a place of assurance and trust. I feel great about my relationship with the Lord, and, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful you haven't had struggles or pains in the last couple of years. Uh, if that's true, God bless you. Man, that's great. But I want us to see, even in the midst of assurance and full trust in God, that there are still things that we need to do to grow. So let's flip over to 1 Peter chapter 2, and I want you to see this. 
First Peter chapter 2, we're going to be in the first three verses. And it says this, So, put away all malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, and like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. For indeed you have, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. So this verse starts off with the word so. Uh, you've probably heard preachers say this word also could be therefore, put away all malice and deceit. So refers us to something before. Therefore, if there's a therefore, we have to ask ourselves what it's there for, right? And so we look back into chapter 1 of First Peter, and the whole chapter 1 is a chapter of reassurance and confidence of what God has done. Listen to verses 18 through 25 of chapter 1. It says, Knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, um, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly with a pure heart. Since you have been born again, not only uh, not of a perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. So, Put away all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander. So you're confident in your faith. You have been saved, not anything you have done, but what Christ has done for you. His sacrifice on the cross has brought salvation into your life. So, what's your response? So, who will you be? Therefore, what is your identity? Folks, there may be some of us in this room today whose growth this year needs to be putting some things away. You're a follower of Jesus Christ. You're a believer in what he has done for you. Is there anything in your life right now that no longer belongs there? Peter makes a list here. It's not exhaustive, but it sure steps on some toes if you read it very carefully. He lists these things. He says, put away all malice, put away all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander. I want to ask you this morning, believers, you trust in him. Are there areas of your life today that your growth right now needs to start with putting away things that no longer belong. He has made you a new creation. He has made you new in every way. It is time for us to stop behaving like the old. Are there relationships in your life that need to be healed? Are there wrongs that need to be righted? Are there conversations that need to be had? 
Are there lies that have been told and truths that need to be revealed in your life? Are you wearing a mask? Hypocrisy, we've all heard, was a theatrical term that meant to wear a mask on stage. Believers, members of Ridgecrest Baptist Church, if we believe our identity is to grow, serve, and go, are we wearing a mask here? Are we living a life the same at work, at school, at home, in our relationships, in our marriages, in our interactions with our children, our other people, our coworkers? Do you need to take off a mask and be who you are, who God has made you to be? Is your life characterized by envy or jealousy? Are you striving at work in your daily life to get or obtain things just because somebody else has them? Or the things that you have said that have hurt other people, has gossip been a part of your life? Like I said, this list isn't very exhaustive, but I know it hits me, and I'm sure it hits many of us. If we want to grow this year as believers, and we want to grow as a church, we need to be characterized by people who are putting off the old and living a life that is true to who God has made us to be. Will you take some time this week to analyze, let God, let God look closely into your life and reveal to you areas of your life that you need to put away. That might be your first step of growth in 2022. The second part of this uh, passage here in First Peter says this. It says, put away all of those things. And then it says, like newborn infants, Long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. Um, I don't know about you, but um, I'm going to admit this. Denise and I eat out a lot. Um, Not because Denise is not a wonderful cook, because she's a wonderful cook. My kids are laughing over there. Um, we eat out a lot. We're busy, so we, uh, we eat. And, and then what happens is, though, a lot of times uh, late in the week sometimes, we can't decide what we want to eat because we've eaten everything in Greenville. Anybody else ever experienced that? You're like, well, we could have, oh, no, we already had that. Well, we could have, no, we already ate that. And, we, and we've lost our appetite for food. We've lost our appetite because We've taken that stuff for granted. We have made a routine out of eating out, eating out, eating out. Have, I want you to ask yourself this morning, as a believer, as a follower of Christ, have you lost your appetite for him? Have you come to a place where you no, no longer yearn for the truth of his word? You no longer, as this says, long for his truth in your life. It's become routine for you. And it started to taste bland, and it's not exciting. And so you've stopped yearning for it. This verse says, it relates to Psalm 42.1, as the deer pants 
for water, right? Desperation. Folks, is, are you desperate in your life? Is there a level of desperation for you to understand and know the Lord more? Senior believer, have you grown complacent? Have you stopped feasting on the word like you used to? Have you stopped seeking the Lord like you used to? Here's what happens when we lose our appetites and we stop eating. We get weak. So many people in late in life, uh, they stop eating well. The result is that their body suffers. We can't do that as believers. We can't get to a place in our lives where we stop feasting on the Word of God, where we stop digging deeply into His truth. Chapter 123 there tells us what this pure spiritual milk really is. It says, Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding Word of God. Folks, we have the living and abiding Word of God available to us. A living God who wants to spend time with you. Uh, His living Word that will speak into your life. Every question, every fear, every thought, You have, his living word can speak to it. And yet we've lost our appetite for that. We need to come to a place where we're longing and yearning for the pure spiritual milk. How will you feed yourself in 2022? Obviously, we should spend time reading his word. We should spend time listening to preaching and teaching We should spend time studying together. If you're neglecting any of those things in your life, my encouragement to you is that you long and yearn for those things. Preaching, reading, studying, seeking after God, praying, yearn for him. Many of us need to recall and remember what God, how God has been so good to us. This says here at the end in verse 3, It says, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. If you're a believer in this room, you've tasted. You may have forgotten, but you've tasted. You've been there. He saved you. You remember what it felt for him to take the weight of your sin. You remember what it felt like for you to be so close to him need him so much, you need to remind yourself of that. You need to yearn and desire to taste that again. If you haven't tasted that in a really long time, that's where you need to start. You want to grow in 2022? Yearn to taste the goodness of God. Follow after him. Like I said earlier, I don't know your situation Maybe you're coming today from a place of doubt. Or maybe you're coming today and there's sin in your life. Or maybe you're here today and complacency and familiarity have taken over. Whatever place that is, that's where growth begins. That's the place. So what's your next step? I don't want you to leave this place going, well, that was good. We should probably grow. No. What's your next step? What are you going to do? Are you going to be faithful? Are you going to worship? 
Are you going to put off something in your life that no longer belongs there? Are you going to begin to yearn and thirst for who he is? Don't leave this place today without a plan to grow in 2022. If you don't grow, Ridgecrest doesn't grow. We need you. We need each other. Let's take steps together today to grow. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for your word, and I thank you that it meets each one of us right where we are. And um, it's always true. And God, I pray today that you would encourage people in this room, many of who um, maybe are struggling or, or maybe many of who are in the best place they've ever been spiritually. God, would you just encourage them to be an encouragement to people around them? Would you encourage them to lift up brothers and sisters that need strength from them? God, my prayer is this morning that we would take steps, that we would step toward faithfulness, that we would step toward uh, repentance, that we would step toward a new desire to follow you. God, my prayer is that if there's somebody in this room today that needs to take that step, that they would talk to someone, that they would seek out someone to encourage them, that we would step together into growth. Lord, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen.